and welcome in to another episode of the West Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. We are sponsored by Holman Barnes Group. Uh, that includes West Ashfield, the best place to watch the game live and loud this Saturday as we take on the Brisbane Broncos up in Brisbane. And uh, if you're watching on the video, as I just said in the ad, they're $4.80 schooners from kickoff to halftime. Uh, Rob, I'll, I'll ask you in the intro, but $4.80 schooners, even I'm too old to kind of remember when schooners uh, too old, no, too young. I remember. I remember when schooners were a little, a little bit, uh, were obviously much, much cheaper than that in your in your prime, Rob. But uh, yeah, I barely uh, can barely remember four or 80, 80 schooners. So how good uh, at Worst Life Pod on Instagram and Twitter on Insta- uh, Yeah, give us a follow on those. Patreon.com forward slash West Life if you want to take part and support us. Uh, we'll get to the guys' questions later in the show. A couple of extra. People joined the Discord this week as well, coming on board. Welcome to those people. And subscribe on YouTube. Shouts to everyone watching live on there now. Hit hit subscribe if you haven't already and hit uh, alert so you know every time we go live or drop something on there. Righto, I'll ask you now, Rob. $4.80 schooners, that, uh, that's, that's like what, 2000 and I'm going to say 2008 prices? I wouldn't know. Um, good evening, guys. I uh, hope everyone is well in uh, podcast land. Yeah, like get out to West Ashfield and take advantage of the offer. Look after our sponsors. Yeah, I'm flying up to Brisbane, so otherwise I probably would have uh, taken great I'm pieces not. there too. Great pieces there too, just quietly. But um, I fly up Friday night. Am I regretting it? Maybe a little bit. We'll see on Saturday night. But uh, speaking of travels, Aaron, you're coming to the big smoke this weekend so official sydney cider so we expect you to be just as angry and stressed and uh un- unhinged as rob and i who live in the inner west of sydney you you'll be one of us soon yeah g'day rob g'day josh g'day to all the listeners yeah um i have issues with um driving in sydney already so i'm, I'm <laughs> sure that's not gonna get any better it doesn't once it doesn't get better <laughs> no um I mean, I don't have to go too deep into the city since I'm only staying near Para. But I mean, traffic still on the motorways is god awful most of the time. Mm. Yep, Combank and Homebush games are nice and close for you and I now. So, absolutely, carpooling. We can, we can, we can carpool because parking is shocking. Uh, intros done. Right, a bit of news as we. The only real news I got is the Tim Sheens presser. Kind of going backwards here. We'll talk talk about Sheens' presser post-game, and then we'll get into the game itself. Rob, before we get into that, how would you rate Sheens' coaching? You've been pretty critical of Sheensy so far this year. How would you rate the way he handled uh, Saturday's game? Look, Friday's I'm not, game, sorry. I'm not a fan of his... Um his press conferences. I mean, he's obviously there to, to, you know, take the hits for, you know, whatever Benji might be saying or doing or what they're thinking. Look, to be brutally honest about our four games, Josh, I, I see us like, I actually listened to Cooper Cronk tonight and I actually disagreed with him for the first time in about a year. I, I think we've simplified our game the last two weeks, round three and round four. I actually think we are playing straighter. We're playing more direct. 
Um, I rewatched the Melbourne game. I mean, obviously, you know, besides the elephant in the room, which we'll talk about later, Brooks, looking back at the performance, it was actually quite good. The defence was really good in the second half. Our, our right edge was good the whole way. Our left edge really struggled in the first half. I, I'm seeing a lot of good things, but, I mean, the thing that we um, associate Sheens and Benji with are the fancy plays, the, the attacking plays, you know, the, the, the 20 metres out, scrum moves, et cetera, et cetera, and our red zone is, is still pretty disastrous. So we, we haven't addressed that. But, look, it's going to sound crazy. We've actually improved, and that, that second half, was was everyone saying, oh, I wish we played like the second half. Having rewatched the game again, the first half was pretty good, guys. It was just some mm. really poor kicks, some bad options by one particular player, a couple of missed tackles, you know, by that same player. And to be to be fair, like Kapoa had a really good game, but he made a couple of really bad reads defensively and shot out of the line that left holes. Um, but literally, if you go through every player individually, which we will do later, there's a lot of good effort there, but um, as someone said to me today, guys, I always use the car and the steering wheel. Someone said to me today, we're like the orchestra, but we don't have a conductor, mm. you know? So it, it's, yeah, it means the same thing basically, but yeah, we're, we're just missing that direction that we've lacked for many years, really. And except for that brief interlude where we had Jacko there. Have you ever seen a live orchestra before, Rob? I, I used to play in a school orchestra. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, I think I've seen a live orchestra on a school excursion at the Opera House or something once, but yeah, not a it's not my cup of tea, mate. Yeah, no, I'm, the car, the steering wheel is more my. I'm a motorsport guy, so the yeah, steering wheel I'm, analogy works better for me. But yeah. uh, you mentioned poor old Luke Brooks there, so we'll start with Sheenzy. So he got asked about Luke Brooks in the presser. Is what he had to reply. Yeah, he was grabbed. He must have been grabbed by the shirt two or three times, you know, uh, with a half chance to make the break. You know, they were offside in the scrum, otherwise he would have made that break, and then we lose the scrum. You know, uh, something that just shouldn't happen, not in today's game anyway. So, um, yeah, every bounce of every ball seemed to go their way a bit, but in saying that, uh, again, I'm pleased with the effort. They didn't put their heads down. Uh, they're disappointed, I expect to be. They are, and I'm disappointed as well. But um, had we not, had we gone out and just put our tails up, you know, uh, sorry, our tails down between our legs, we would have ended up with 50 being put on us. We didn't allow that to happen, so I'm pleased about that. So you might have noticed there, Sheen's, he was actually asked about Brooks, talked about him being held back, and then talked, went into them and theirs as in talking about the whole team in itself so pretty much as he kind of uh steered away you obviously didn't want to put any more pressure on brooks it looks like yeah basically like the club knows that all the pressure is coming from the fans um coming hard at brooksy i think it was uh was it chrissy lawrence on twitter who uh said that a few too many fans had been a little bit too harsh against him mm. um yeah, but I, I didn't say that yeah, I, I, I spotted it, I think, while I was at, like on my break at work today. So it was a bit of a, I don't know, there's a difference between banter and bullying um, mm. and obviously just calling out a poor performance, which for the most part is what our, us as a fan base do. You've got the odd one out who's going who takes it a bit too far. But, I mean, 
we're fans. We, we want our team to perform well. We want to we want to see our team performing well. We want our players to perform well, and we want to be winning games. And that's just a bit of a shame for Brooksy that he is the most influential position on the field. And beside the hooker, he's the one who who's supposed to touch the ball the most. Rob Brandon 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 W is it Brandon Wakeham in is he Brandon Wakeham's in the comments Brandon oh, W. <laughs> He's he's talking about Brooks too. Maybe he's trying to hint to uh, get a new house partner. Brooks losing the ball in the scrum is embarrassing for a guy's experience. It was like the Roosters Tigers in 2010. You and I watched the games together Friday night, Rob, and we were we thought the exact same thing. Oh, well, we we were watching it together, and and at the at that moment, the camera flicked to the bench, and you saw Robbie Farrer flick his mm. head. Back and don't need to remind Robbie that he's the one that fed that scrum. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that, that that was illegal, so that probably brought nightmares up for him. Look, I mean, there's there's a few things I'd like to touch on there. So, firstly, I expect Sheens to defend his players. I I, I get all that. He's not going to hang him out to dry and say he did some bad things. Um, on the Chris Lawrence thing, you guys mentioned. Yes, he did defend Brooksy, but then after a little bit of a backlash, he actually retweeted and said, all I said was Brooksy can play. He said, I didn't address anything about his current form. So we'll, we'll give Chrissy Lawrence a, a bit of that credit. Um, you know, as as for what Brooksy did, I mean, and Sheen's saying he made a couple of half breaks with the repack scrum. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the repack scrum if, if it's close enough to the line. I mean, obviously, if you get a penalty, you want to take the yardage and get 30 metres, mm. but if you can get them to be offside again on that second play, you get a player in the sin bin. So I've got no no issue with the, the scrum being repacked, and Sheens is right. He did nearly make a couple of half breaks. He almost, I mean, if he'd have seen him, he should have offloaded the ball to Coruscant like two or three metres out. Like, we looked at each other, Josh, at the time when we were mm. watching it. He took the tackle. He could have popped the ball, and Appy's under the post. He did make a couple of half breaks. He looked good when he ran straight, but literally... The problem with that, Josh, it was kind of like, a, you know, you're watching a horse race and the horse is bolting and the leader's going to make it home and, and this, you know, horse runs third in a consolation prize or a fourth. I mean, Brooksy came good when it was, you know, like 65th, 67th minute. It was too late, guys. He, he put up mm. that that bomb that got the seven tackles set that just turned into basically 12 points. I, I just, like I said today, I think it's... When when someone's much maligned, you keep wondering why do why do we keep picking him? And I think that's the issue. If Brooksy had his time in reserve grade and then came back, or whatever the case may be, I think our supporter base would be pretty accepting of that. But the fact that we just keep saying he's the answer, we don't have a plan B. I think that's really head in the sand stuff, and perhaps they're trying to, you know, uh, they're they're too proud to drop him because they're the ones that said we'll take him over Hastings, for example, and, and obviously we all know Brooksy's on a lot more money than what Hastings was. So I, I really don't have much more to say other than, you know, if we want to talk about it later through the questions. But, yeah, what, what can you say, guys? It's just it's it's frustrating. But like I said, looking at the game, we were pretty good in a lot of areas, but we, we're just lacking that red zone attack and, and just some of our kicks are pretty boring. Like we're not finding the grass. We're putting up the same old bombs. There's Appy was the only one that showed a bit of variety, you know, this week, put a grubber kick for himself and scored. Bateman nearly did it last week against Canterbury. We've just got to find something different in the red zone, guys. And, and Bateman was the only one that really was the one that was providing that. 
Watch the away game between the West Tigers and the Brisbane Broncos this Saturday, 1 April at West Ashfield Sports Bar. Take advantage of the half-price pizza and $4.80 tap beers from kickoff at 7.35pm until halftime with your chance to win exciting prizes and giveaways as well. This is a free event hosted by The Ambush, a group for West Tigers members and fans. Hashtag show your stripes. Holman Barnes Group practices responsible service of alcohol. Visit holmanbarnesgroup.com.au for more information. Holman Barnes Group. Bringing people together. That's a good segue. Here's Sheen's talking about Johnny Bateman. He's getting better, yeah. Uh, played with an issue tonight, too, that most people wouldn't. Um, came back out the second half when he probably shouldn't have, but he's, he's a tough kid. There's no doubt about that. So he's added some steel to our forwards. So um, I'm looking forward to the season developing and him developing within our team, given that. He's done no pre-season with us at all. So, you know, he's turned up. Although it was cooler here than it was last week, but uh, Johnny at the moment still hasn't got his suntan. So, you know, he's um, he's struggling big time with, uh, you know, just getting used to the conditions. But uh, it won't be through lack of effort from him. He's a determined bugger, yeah. Is there any danger you'd miss him next week if he played injured second half there? Uh, yeah, there is, uh, but uh, Doc... Docs, we'll need a scan and then check check on um, on his issues. So uh, we'll wait and see. Mm. Do you know, what did he do to himself? I'd prefer not to say, to be quite honest. Um. As why would Sheens not want to say what Bateman did with that injury? Uh, I think it's probably to do with. Um trying to hide that it could potentially be whatever injury he had that was keeping him out of our first few games. That would probably be my only guess. It's the same injury or he retweaked it or something along those lines. Rob, would you agree? Uh, Possibly. Again, all he's doing there is verifying why I get so upset at the spin that he says. You know, so he said when we never played him in the initial weeks, you know, we've got a guy here for three or four weeks. We want to acclimatise him. We don't want to risk him. And now you're telling me, well, we, we got him here for three or four years, but you played him injured second half. Like, come on, guys, which is it? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and then not to say what the injury is. So what? If it's his ankle, big deal. If it's his shoulder, big deal. It's not like it's, unless there's something to do, you know, in his groin area between his legs, it's none of our business. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just find it amazing that he couldn't say like it was a knee or a shoulder or an ankle or, or whatever. And it it doesn't do Sheens any favours by, by playing those sort of games. But if he's injured, why did you play him? Why did you play Kaiser. him? You know, you said you want him for three or four years. Uh, decent comment here by Kaiser06 on YouTube. So it could have been he doesn't want the other team to target the injury next week. Don't give the Broncos any ideas to target it maybe then why then why did he say he was injured at half time yeah just don't say anything just don't say anything finish the game he was our star player finish the game let him let him play he'll be right for next week nothing wrong with him like i don't know i mean you can't have it both ways you just gotta there's there's a, i don't know why he said it i don't know if he's putting any thought into what he's saying in these press conferences but i don't think it's a big deal to say what an injury is you know what i mean so mm. I mean, right. I guess if it is an ankle, I mean, look, everyone's heard the rumor about John Bateman's ankle. So if you're a 
tip, you know, if you're a dirty Melbourne Storm player, you'd be yanking his ankle. Or you, if you're any any opposition player, every time you tackle him, give his give his ankle, a, a, his foot a little bit of a pull or his leg a little bit of a pull and try and do damage to it. I, I don't think players are really going to do that in in you know in this era. But yeah, it's, it's just a funny one. He, he just loves he just loves playing ducks and drakes, you know. And I don't get it. Right, last last Shanzi clip. Well, you know, it's it's easy for the coach to say take the right option. We're creating opportunities. We've just got to take the right option. So we've got some work to do there. We admit that as coaches. Um, so we're going to, you know, we're starting our preparation tonight for next week. Do you feel like that's something that will come with more time together as a team? Oh, there's no doubt. But I, I can't use that as an excuse when the... Uh, the Dolphins have won their first three, you know, so we're <laughs> in real terms and we're leading the comp. So we can't use that as an excuse, but there are, there are a number of issues in the in the squad that ha- hasn't helped us, you know, with um, injury and uh, not being together as a squad for, you know, as long as I would have liked. Uh, four or five games, some of the guys need to get their le- their game legs, but it's, it's coming together. Yeah. As Rob said this earlier, but I tend to agree with him and Sheen's there. I think we are actually improving. I think we are, we will actually get better as as the weeks go on. Whether or not we'll win, I don't know because we've got some tough games, but I do think we're getting, we're getting there. Yeah, we definitely are improving. There were signs there in the game to show that the team is taking strides forward. Um, Bateman's... The try that Bateman put on for the for um, Kapoa was beautiful, um, beautiful piece of play down that side. We'll get obviously more into the stats and numbers and everything later on, but the error count was considerably lower as well. Like like Sheensy said, we're just not taking the right options at the right time, and that's what the team has got to start getting right. Once we do, we'll start winning games. Right, we're getting to more of the nitty-gritty. So 24-12 to the Melbourne Storm. It was 22-6 to at halftime. So that, by my math, that's a 6-2 to uh, win in the second half. Rob, as you said earlier, uh, as you're the numbers guy, how many games? We've won the second half a couple of times now, haven't we? Um, I believe maybe in all four. Yeah. I think we might have actually won the second half in all four. So it's a bit of a sign that we just come out, there's a little bit of cohesion and then kind of find our feet, but it seems to be a, too little, too late. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once they start finding that groove earlier in a game and we compete for the full 80, performing for the full 80, I, the points will come and then that's going to be much better for the team. They'll start winning games as long as they can defend the errors that they do make or not make as many errors and defense hold strong. Rob uh, Garifano on YouTube, we will win a game. We, we score the first try hundred percent. We've, we've also con- we conceded. It, it's it's like, it seems like a very uh, overly obvious thing, but I feel like if we did score first and led the game and relaxed a little bit, that would go a long way or four games. We've been, we haven't scored first, have we? The, other, the opposition. We, we've, we've, played, we've played pretty conservatively the last two games. I mean, admittedly, yeah. the Canterbury game, we tried to do what we did on Friday night, except we just kept making simple errors. But, you know, if you look at that first few minutes of the game that, on Friday night, uh, it was a bit of like sort of toing and froing. And then 
we got really unlucky where Brandon Wakem got penalised for a tackle in like the third or fourth minute. And that just kind of, they kind of won that game of four things back and then they got down the field and kicked a goal and, and they kind of got a little bit of momentum from there. But, you know, I, I know it's, you can't keep chasing 12 point leads or 12 point deficits and stuff mm. like that. But Josh and Aaron, we dominated that period from 24, 12 down. We had, we had a lot of good chances. We created a lot of things. They are like the machines is right. We did take the wrong option a couple of times. I, I feel like in, Brooksy's case, when it's the wrong option, he always takes the short ball. Like so many times we've got numbers out the back, he goes the short ball. Um, you know, uh, Kapoa probably didn't give Tupu a chance to score in the corner, but it made no difference. We we scored a couple of tackles later with Appy with, with the grubber kick. But there's there's just some decisions there that, you know, we just need more, more situations like that where the players get to have those moments where they can make those decisions because it's literally like a deer in headlights now you're in that like shit i'm in a break you know like what do i do now so yeah it's look we're, we're getting there guys but i really think even though we're not winning you know to the old people out there i just feel like john bateman is like the ellery hanley to the balmain 88 side he's mm. just bought a new lease of life like he he's just a, a winner and a natural footballer and, you know, he ran sideways, fended off three people, set up the first try, um, ran kind of sideways where someone ran inside him in the second half. He just creates things. He doesn't just play that typical boring straight hit up. Hopefully I can create some second phase. He's just always looking to experiment. And, um, look, he'd probably make a, a perfect lock for us, to be honest. He could probably be mm. our Isaiah Yo, but he's a really good edge player too. So I guess that's up to Sheens and, and Benji to work out where they want to play him. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like that X factor kind of like Gareth Ellis was as well. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. He's, he's just a winner guys. He's just a winner. And even if you saw in the second half, there was a, a an incident where he tackled a Melbourne player, they lost the ball and you could see like he kind of fist pumped like, yeah. You know, yes. He's and a, it was just lo- like, man, yeah, we, need, we, need that. we need that attitude to rub off mm. off everyone there, there's a there are winners in that group but there's guys that don't know what winning looks like so mm. we, we really need him out on the field so look we'll, we'll see what happens i look i don't want to sort of start rumors again because we got bash for it last week but i heard there's an issue possibly with his ribs whether that's true or not like he could have broken ribs if they are then he's not playing this week so I, I don't know but you know even if he's got severely bruised ribs i don't think you'd risk someone especially after what Sheen said pre-season, that we've got him for four years. Like I said, rumour, don't shoot me down, you know, because I know a lot of people like to shoot us down when they get the chance. But, yeah, there is there is that speculation, excuse me, um, as well, that that could be what why Sheen's didn't want to say anything. Friend of the show, GD Tiger, said he prefers Cranky Rob. Who was this upbeat guy on the show I, 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 I recalibrated. I told you, Josh, I recalibrated my brain Friday afternoon. I, I was in such a rubbish space, headspace last week. I'm so happy now, guys. 0-4 ain't going to break me. I, I love my team. I, I don't like some of the people that run our club, but I, I, I'm just I'm not going to let footy bring us down, and, and I don't want any of the listeners there to just get depressed over, over, over footy. Like, yeah, yeah, we want to do better. We don't want to lose, but there is some improvement there. We just want to see some some change, and eventually the tide's going to turn. But I, I, it would have been nice for it to result in finals footy this year. That's all. I just don't see that happening. So that was my my disappointment. You know, I, I really thought, wow, Sheen's Marshall attack flair, and I'm seeing effort every week, guys. I really am. I'm seeing effort every week. I just, but like we've said previously, 
Some of it was a bit headless chook stuff the first two rounds. I just think we're playing the right sort of style now. Like, I'm very happy with what I saw Friday night. We weren't trying to play willy-nilly hot potato, you know, rubbish. We, we played to our strengths. We played to our forwards. We've just got to nail those red zone moments, and, and we need guys to create more. And, look, I think I think Wakem put a really bad kick in at one stage, which gave Melbourne a seven-tackle set. But I also felt Wakem took control of the game a bit more in the middle of that second half, and we looked better when he was running around and combining with Bateman and that inside ball that he caught. I don't know how he caught that ball and then fell over and still popped it back up to Bateman who threw the ball out the back and then there was no one there backing up. The ball literally went bounce, 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 bounce. Melbourne right winger, Warbrick comes in and picks it up. Like, just not good enough. We've got to be better than that. But we'll get there. GD Tiger, if you want a bit of fire, we've got a friend who's just who's popped in in the back end here. We'll get to, get to him soon. So maybe uh, he'll... Uh... He'll, yeah, he'll, uh, he'll fill your needs, don't you worry. He'll, he'll, he'll <laughs> fill it in for you. We'll, we'll get to you soon, uh, Trip. I'll just go through a few of the stats. Uh, so completion rates, 32 or 41, as that's still, still, yeah, not quite there, is it? Just just silly errors again, just schoolboy errors. Yeah, better than it was previously. I think a lot of those incompletions are when Brooksy's been tackled on the last with the ball before he has been able to get it away because he's held onto it for too long. Um, Does that, I, as, I thought that counted as a completion. No, that's a completion. Uh, is that's it? I compl- thought you had to get to yeah. the kick. No, no it's you, just the, you, you, you got through the whole set. Yeah, if you get through uh, the Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. It's not a good completion, but it's a completion. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> but it does count. But the... The error count was in single digits for the first time this season, so that's an improvement. And I think once we get 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 that further down, we'll be going all right. Yeah, yeah we'll I, I don't think it compares to last week, guys. Those those errors were made on trying to create plays. We just mm. made some simple errors last week with you know Stefano dropping the ball in a hit up or or someone else dropping the ball in a hit up. There's really hardly like a lot of those errors were you know like obviously a couple of them go do go down to Brooksy trying to you know throwing an interceptor wall brick you know, hitting Kapoa's head, etc. But it's not like he just dropped it cold, you know, taking a hit up or anything like that. Like we were trying things, we were being a little bit adventurous. If we if we uh if we make 80% completions, which that's basically is 32 out of 41, playing the way we played, I can handle that because having rewatched the game, it dead set looked like we hardly made an error in the first half. Like we just played really controlled, straight up footy. We just need a little bit of a, a little bit of a, an attacking threat, you know, from someone there, whether it's the fullback or the centre or the halfback. We just need a little bit of X factor, which we don't currently have at the moment. Rachel said, "Pasco sitting in the bench during the game. What was that? I can tell you, Rachel, I was sitting next to Rob, and we both had a bit of a giggle to ourselves. That's how how good a mood Rob was in. We just kind of laughed oh, it off. Pizza, it was gar- pretty funny. Yeah, come on, pizza, garlic bread, beer, Tigers having a go." You know, you can't ask for much more than that except a win, really, can you? No. Well, yeah. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks again for having Anytime, me at the, uh, the Bishara. Now you're in Sydney. Am I invited as... in Magic Round? <laughs> yeah, whenever you like, As You're always welcome here, mate. Uh, a few more stats. Uh, what's some, some significant ones here? Post-contact meters, an extra 100 to the storm. So a bit more of a roll-on. Four line breaks to two. Tackle breaks about the same. Uh, anything grab you there, as Mr. Statsman? Which one? Sorry. Any any anything any numbers there that kind of pop out to you? 
Yeah, the run meters surprised me a little bit. I didn't think we were that far behind on them, but I think mm. they made a few more breaks down the sidelines while we made our meterage through the middle. Um, 370, yeah, 370 less They uh, with the same amount of 41 possessions. So I guess if you don't complete them, you don't get as much meters. Yeah, I well, I mean, the post-contact meters, we, we weren't making as many of those as we probably normally would. Um, the forwards were still performing. It just didn't really seem, it doesn't seem to show in the stats, but I thought the stats, like our like our first few games, the stats don't really paint that good a picture of how the team performed because we had those um, stats in the first couple of weeks where it looked like we won the game, where we ended up losing. These stats indicate that we might have actually gotten our asses handed to us, but we didn't. We were, we, we'd lost by 12, but for the most part, part of that second half we were we were in the game mm. uh kicking that's probably a big uh a big big part of the game that we were well behind to so kicking meters uh what's 630, 633 minus 479 is what 164 160 ish 154 yeah 54 uh so yeah kicking meters four dropouts three to nil obviously yeah the storm they're pretty clinical they didn't even have jerome hughes and they were still pretty pretty uh clinical their uh offloads 15 to 9 to us the forwards uh yeah, the offloads were definitely there i know sean Bloor, my guy he had three himself i think adam had three as well top top for the team rob yeah, uh, look, I thought our forwards were great. I mean, obviously, you're talking the attacking stuff there. Uh, if we take Appy Coruscant out of the equation, guys, our forwards, including the bench, missed a grand total of three tackles. Our, our defence is amazing. Appy missed nine, but I'm not bagging Appy. I think Appy was in our top three players. He, he tried his ass off. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I was really happy. You mentioned Sean Ball, very happy with his performance. Um, you know, obviously, for me, Bateman's the standout player of the match, and... I keep praising him every week. I don't want to sound like I'm a fanboy, but I'm loving David Clemmer. He's just providing so much. Yeah. You know, the odd offload, um, not missing tackles, making hard yards. Um, he has had a couple of games where he's played really big minutes, not so much last week against Melbourne. But, um, look, just really – look, the effort's been there, guys. Like I said, we're just, we're just missing a little bit of direction. We're not doing enough in the red zone. Um, back to what, you know, you were mentioning those kicking stats, Josh. I think those kicking stats can be really misleading because if we're dominating territory and, like, we're putting mm. our bombs up from 40 metres out from their line, we yeah, can't, really make, can't really make much ground. Where Harry Grant's, like, 35 metres out, kicking long kicks and making them bounce on the ground and go further. So if you're winning the territory possession with the ball, you, you really can't gain much yardage in kicks. So that, those sort of stats are a little bit misleading for me with, in terms of the kicking anyway. Yeah, touche. Uh, ineffective tackles, 26 to the storm, 12 to us, 90.7% 90, 90 effective tackle, only 87 for storm. So, uh, yeah, defense, yeah, wasn't, yeah, wasn't much of a concern really yet. Yeah. Uh, penalty seven all, errors nine to eight. So, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, right, Tripper. I'll do the mobile corp app ad, and I'll I'll bring you in, buddy, and you can so fire up those tonsils, ready to go. Uh, mobile corp. Our friends, uh, formerly MLC Phones, 
And Stephen, shouts to Stephen at uh, Mobile Corp. He's a passionate West Tigers supporter. They can assist with anything IT related. In the early days, they were under MLC phones and were sponsors of Baumain in 1994. They say there's a saying in IT, there are only two types of companies, those who have been hacked and those who will be hacked. So what can business owners do to protect themselves from cyber attack? Mobile, Mobile Corp is a family tech family-run tech company that supports West Tigers and was even the jersey sponsor back in 2007. Mobile Corp is also passionate about helping protect businesses from cyber threats. For an affordable security solution, go to mobilecorp.com.au. And speaking of let's technology, let's bring in Tripper. Oh, you're looking very... Uh, like an evil lair with the dark sitting in the darkness there, Trippo. I've got, I've got the lights on, mate. I don't know how to do the fancy um, screensavers. I think it's uh, it's in these settings. I'll tell you off here. Let's not oh, waste really, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's a, it's a lovely picture behind you, anyway. I know. Well, <clears throat> there's a few in this room, and this is <laughs> this is probably the safest one. So, uh, what what was on your mind? Rob said you wanted to get something off your chest tonight. Oh, okay. Um, no, I, well, look, I don't know what I, I hear. You boys have been talking about the performance of the, of the team and stuff like that, and I'm not sure what's been said much about um, about the administration. I guess um, I was just going to share that you know I've been back and forth with Justin um, on a few emails, and again, I'm 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 not sure I'm going to be the fired up person because I just want to say again, Justin's actually responding to me. He's been he's been a gentleman like he always is. Um, because I've, I have sent some pretty um, emotionally charged emails after the last two losses. I mean, when um, Jackson Hastings was being traded to Newcastle, I did write a, an email to Justin and said that I disagreed with it and I thought that um, after six weeks, if we haven't won a game, there was going to be a lot of pressure on Brooks and Sheens for uh, making the wrong decision and that it was going to be a bad place for the club to be in. And he wrote back to me saying that, you know, that the retention and recruitment um, decisions of the club are confidential, but that everyone's acting in the best interests of the club. And then I wrote back and said, well, you know, that's the minimum threshold contractually that you should be doing for the club is is acting in the best interest. But after 10 years of failure, um, if you've all been trying your best, basically, then it just comes down to competence. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know what... Um, what rigorous thought process the club went through in deciding to keep Luke Brooks, who after 10 years of being a non-organising halfback for our club, even when he played seven, when Ivan Cleary was there, he had Benji Marshall outside of him and six was basically running the team, um, how, how the club could have made a decision to keep Brooks over Jackson Hastings. And I know that there was an argument that said that we... Um, we had to trade Jackson to get um, Clemmer. And I think Justin came out or something and said that there was a trade done. But then I know Sheens came out last week in the media or, or thereabouts and said that they didn't need to um, they didn't need to trade uh, Clemmer for Hastings. Clemmer was coming on his own. So I think it just, I mean, my rant just comes pr primarily down to the board and the administration again because I think they're the ones that are ultimately responsible for the performances of the football team. And um, I'm not really sure what we can do about it, but 
uh, ultimately, yeah, I think I think there needs to be more pressure put on 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 the admin and the board because the you know they're the ones that are picking the coach, they're the ones that are picking Benji, um, and they're the ones ultimately that decided to side with Tim Sheens or whoever. And and I know there are other people out there that say that Jackson wanted to go and he wouldn't have stayed, but I just don't understand how someone like as experienced as Tim Sheens is wouldn't have at least kept him there and said, look, my preference is for you to play lock, but let's see how you go. Like there was no guarantees that Luke Brooks was going to be a good halfback. Like after 10 years, just no, um, no, no guarantees. You could almost say that there was a, there was only a 20% chance that Luke Brooks was going to succeed at seven based on 10 years. So I just don't understand what process that, that that the board went through. And Justin did write back to me today. So I sent him an email on the weekend saying, good to see that um, Hastings steered Newcastle around for a victory. And as I've said to you on multiple occasions, because I told him when they were trading Hastings that they should have kept him because we needed a, 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 an organising half. I had a meeting with Justin when they were trading um, Moses to Para. Or, or basically kind of kicked Moses out the door to a degree. And I know people will argue about that, but the language we used at the time wasn't conducive to keeping Mitch. And both him and Kelly Egan told me that Luke Brooks was a better halfback and I disagreed with him then. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm not sure why they wouldn't have at least kept Jackson around um, just to just to see what would happen. And now we're in the same position that I told Justin we were going to be in. On email, and he and so sorry, I was getting to the point where Justin wrote back to me saying, "Adrian, thanks for your comments again, providing your feedback. You know, we are the retention and recruitment committee will be is accountable for the performances of the team." And so I'm like, "Well, what 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 accountability are you talking about? Where is the accountability? Who is accountable? Like, you can't sack Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall, and." I don't know whether Justin has the support network around him. Like if you look at the board, some of those guys have been on there for 12 years, 15 years or whatever. So they've been around since all the failures that we've had. Um, and the board, I mean, if you look at their um, their profile, it doesn't really fill me with confidence about, I mean, they're obviously only there for self-interest. So, um, I, I, you know, I just, I, I think that a lot of it has to come down to the administration. And then, and so like, then the question is, but what can you do about it? And I think, I think that we can only change directors if they die or if they choose to, to, to or quit or something like that. I think I read something like that. And so I think the only thing that, that possibly could be done is is the NRL. If, if all the fans really got together, there could be something around the corporate governance of the West Tigers being probably inadequate for an NRL club because I don't think there'd be any uh, uh, auditor being PwC, um, any of the big four auditors that could say that the way our board is structured even meets the threshold of good corporate governance. So I don't know. I guess my rant is more about the the the, the administration. I don't agree with anything, some of the things that have been said here tonight about the fact that, uh, like, yeah, maybe we've improved in the second half, but, like, we're chasing points Um we, we, we are clearly lacking like a six and seven. I've had many debates with Rob about Adam Dewey because I'm not a huge fan of Adam at six either. Um, for me, he's a centre and um, I just can't see that unless we get anyone in there. 
the, the only way that we can win a game, and, and so Sheens has got us and Benji have got us sort of doing this two – I mean, they started in the trial doing two passes of the ruck. That hasn't even been happening. You haven't seen Clemmer really pass the ball since that Canberra trial. I think the only way that our team can win is literally just trying to get quick play the balls and getting Brooks and Dewey to like run one off the ruck and getting quick, 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 quick play the balls and get up the field because they can't set up a backline movement. We can't. I mean, I've never seen us orchestrate a a a a, a cohesive um, backline movement since we've started this year. The only time we've ever looked good is when we're getting quick play the balls and our fast players are like getting, um, <laughs> getting, getting, uh, getting on the front foot. Um, I think that's when Adam is actually at his best is when he's running and getting on the front foot. But you know, to, to be organising plays and to be throwing balls, I don't, don't think it's his forte. Um, so I guess, yeah, that's that's my rant. I don't really know if it's helpful or not, but. <laughs> well, you feel better, though. Are you in a, you, you're in a pretty, you seem pretty, uh, I guess we're at the point now, most of us as West Tigers fans, we're kind of like, we're not really going to achieve anything special this year. We're kind of just at, back at the, look, is there any any spark, any fire we can see week to week? We'll go into each game probably thinking we're not going to win, but. I don't know. Any our any our response? Junior, our, our juniors even that good? Like we got smashed by Canterbury. I, I don't know. Like we've been saying that our juniors are going to be this great hope, but are, are they, I don't know. Like, are they any mm. good? Like apart well, from that, Booker, like, doesn't matter if teams like the Bulldogs come along and take him. So, like they have with that young yeah, forward. What happened, so what happened to that second rower that we lost? I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. So we've been laughed at. It's, it's all well and good to rely on 18-year-olds, but you should be able to – look, an 18-year-old's probably two, three years away. You should be able to flip a roster in that time to get some experience, guys. We can't just rely on kids anymore. Uh, anything to add to that, Rob? Oh, look, there's, there's a few things. I mean, Trooper, I'm calling it as I see it. Whether you like it or not, there is a minute amount of improvement. There's definitely the efforts there. Uh, as for the backline plays, we finally got outside a defence on the weekend with Kapoa's try. Literally the first time we've ripped a team for numbers. So we we finally done it once now in four games, which isn't enough. Um, the Tupu play that I spoke about earlier, sorry, the Kapoa play where he dummied to Tupu and took the tackle, that was actually the first cohesive backline movement where the person named at fullback actually got the ball and had the option to go short or long, which Adam did, and Adam went to did a cutout pass and got Kapoa. I, I mean, th there is a little bit of improvement there. It's not what we expected of a Sheen's team. In terms of the government governance, you know, we know I don't get what saying we take accountability means and then you're just still there and you don't fall on your own sword. Um, I've had a couple of people reach out to me about the West AGM yesterday. So we had three board members there. We had Rick Wade, Tony Andriaku and uh, Simon Cook. And what I was told was Rick Wade on short notice chaired that meeting and he was absolutely disgraceful. So as members, we basically don't have rights. He spoke down to everyone. He was arrogant. He was condescending. He actually refused to answer questions at some stage. And uh, the person I spoke to on the phone today, one person said to me, Simon Cook actually saved the day. So... I don't know the full details, Tripper, but you asked about how did we lose Katoga to the Bulldogs. That that question was posed to Rick Wade. 
Rick Wade said, it's confidential. It's between us. Not, you know, basically not answering yeah, it's, it. That's fair enough. I mean, no, but no, going, but back, to your point, going back to your point, Rob, about saying we've done a backline movement, like that's yeah. kindergarten shit, man. Every what? team can do a backline movement. We're praising, we're praising a team for being being able to do a smooth backline movement. Do you know what just, I mean? I'm just making the observation. <laughs> I'm making that's an observation. Where we're at. That's yeah, where I'm we're making, at. I'm making the observation that there's a slight improvement because we weren't capable of doing that in the first three weeks. Like last week against Canterbury, we had the game on the line. We're down by four points on the fifth tackle. And for people that are confusing that with the last tackle, I'm talking fifth tackle, second last tackle. Brooks does a crash play on the halfway line when he's got Staines and two centers out the back in a three on two. And he goes, and he goes the crash play. That's just a bad option. That's what a bad option, Tripper. That's not what the coach do. But so my point is, like, what do you do with Brooks now? Because the problem is they could have let him go. To, they could have let him go to Newcastle for two to three mm. years. Right? This is what I have a problem with. They could have let yeah. him go, and he yeah. could have secured like the next two, three years of his life. Let's say now he hasn't. He hasn't performed well. So, so they're just going to cut him loose and not sign him. And I know there are people out there that say, "But stuff him, good on him." But they could have let. If, if you read the reports that he had three requests to go, you just could like the kids given you, despite what you say, right? He's still been yeah. loyal and tried his best in every game. He's tried yeah. his best, like most games. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just let him go? Now, if you sign him, it looks terrible because he's not good enough to re-sign. If you let him go and he has to go to England now or some other team, you've robbed him of actually going somewhere where he could have had a two, three-year deal. I, mm. I actually feel bad for it. I feel. I yeah. think it's actually... I think I think that, that, that's, an, again, another reflection on the admin who didn't clearly think about what are the probabilities of how this this eventuates for us over the first six to eight weeks. I just think it's it's absolutely right. It's it's a shambles, mate. It's a shambles. Tripper, the thing is, the thing is, I think now as as Tigers supporters, and at least for me, as I said to you, I had a bit of a you know brain recalibration as I called it last Friday. There's no I can't dwell now on the fact that Hastings is gone or Mamalo's gone. They were our best two backs last year. Okay. Hastings and Mamalo were our best two backs. They are no longer with the club. Now I it's easy to just say you stuffed up, you made the wrong call, which we all knew was the wrong call before they made the wrong call. I get that. All we can do now is say, what do we do to put what who is the best combination to put on the field right now to get the optimum result? Whether that's a two-point loss as opposed to a 30-point loss, or whether it actually turns into a win. And for me now, you can't start Brooks. I said that after round two, but for some reason we persisted with Brooks. I'd be going with Wakeham at seven, Dwayne at six, and we've got a massive problem at number one, guys. We absolutely have a massive... doesn't matter really who you put there. I'm actually tempted to put Toa there because Toa filled in pretty well last year. Bull is injured. Charlie Staines tries hard and he's safe under the high ball, but he's not a passer. He's not a great passer of the ball. So I, I don't know what we do at fullback, but we've just got to – I hear what you're saying, Tripper, and I'm as frustrated as you, but I can't change it now. Like, telling well, Justin look, telling Justin I told you so isn't going to fix the problem. What, what no, I no, but not, telling Justin I told you is not going to fix the problem, but I do feel like there aren't enough people, right? Like, fans don't feel like they have a voice. Fans yeah. don't know where to direct it, right? Yeah. There needs to be like for me, for honestly, for, for if there was to be real change, it has to come from a, a group or a subset of fans that get together and really put pressure on. Because this is the problem: fans don't know when the AGMs are on, 
Fans yeah. aren't going to turn up. They need someone. They need a, 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 a group or something that they can get behind that are actually going to be doing stuff because otherwise this is all just waffle talk. Yeah, so look, I, a, I just a, like... a, question, a question was posed yesterday to Rick Wade, okay, uh, but and it was it wasn't a condescending question, but it was like, look, don't you think that you know we deserve to be better than zero and four, considering we've played four teams who are you know like Melbourne missing half their spine. We know what Newcastle went through. Canterbury missing a bunch of middle forwards. Uh, you know the Titans, I think, had a late withdrawal. Both Furmore or whatever his name is. So we've played teams under strength, and he said, "Don't you think we deserve to be zero and four? What are you going to do about it?" And the response from Rick Way to this person was. I bet you we make the eight. I bet you we make the eight. This is a board, this is a board member's response to a member who's given up their Sunday afternoon to sit there and thinks he's he's getting his money's worth for being a member when all he's being done is treated like rubbish, like you do not exist. We don't care about you, and it's an arrogance that goes through from the chairman to the CEO to board members like Rick Wade. And like this person said to me, and I won't name him because I don't want to embarrass him, but he said to me, thank God Simon Cook was there. Because he he jumped in and he answered questions. He jumped in about Katoga, explained everything they've done the last 12 months to try and keep Katoga at the club, stuff that I wasn't aware of, which no one's really been aware of. But just some forthright, honest explanations is what our fan base deserves. And I bet you if... The club came out and said, "This is what went on with Katoga. This is what we tried to do for him last year. This is but what we tried." They're never going to do that. They're never. But, well, wait, Simon did it yesterday in an AGM, so Simon can do it. Yeah, Simon because it was a forum that there was a forum there. Like I think, I, I look, the pit, pl clubs lose players all the time. What are they going to do? They're going to come out and say we weren't good enough. The Bulldogs beat no, us. What are they going to say? That scored six tries in two games or something in New South Wales Cup, but that that doesn't. Yeah, so what, what would they even say? They, they, they're going to save face. They're not going to come out and say we made a mistake. We got beaten. I no, just think, yeah. I, I think. I think. Look, the other thing too. I think fans put a lot of faith in those kids that score all these tries in New South Wales Cup or, or whatever the grade may be. Like we had Kelma Tuolungi at our club. He's he's played basically a year of first grade. He never scored a try for us. So just because he scored tries in New South Wales Cup which Kelmer used to do and bagged a few doubles in New South Wales Cup, doesn't mean it's going to transfer to first grade. You're playing with the big boys. But I, I just think the arrogance of this Rick Wade, and I don't know him from a bar of soap, he's been, he was a CEO of the West Magpies, I don't know, 35 years ago or whatever. Like just to talk to a member who's given up his Sunday and feels like he's got a say in what goes on to get spoken down, I, I bet you we make the eight. That is just, on, it's unbelievable. It's so, so embarrassing. It really is. I, I I don't know if it's just me. I just thought it was just a cop-out answer. I bet you we make the eight. I wish I was there and I bloody put a mortgage on a bet with it at the moment. What an idiot. I think the only positive for us is that we are literally probably a six and a seven away from being a decent team. Where you get them from, like, I don't know. Um, They're hard to come by. Yeah, but we're really seven soon, guys, because Appy's not around forever. Clemmer's not around yeah. forever. Bateman's not around forever. Like, they've got three, four years or whatever. Appy, maybe two years. Like, you know, then we're going to need a hooker by the time we get a 5 eight. We need a fullback. The, the good thing is, if we go, like, 0 and 8 or 0 and 10, they'll be hunting. They'll agree to pay George Williams' transfer fee. I think they'll do whatever they can because because getting – I don't know how long it's been since the team's won back-to-back -back wooden spoons. Right now, we've 100% the wooden spoon favourites. Um, if they don't do anything and they just keep Brooks and Dewey as the as the halves, I think we're going to win the wooden spoon. And I think 
they'd all be feeling a lot of pressure. You honestly so think I, I, don't, I don't actually want to win. I don't want to win a game and then lose three and then win two games and then lose four. I'd prefer to lose 10 and like really like see what happens because like we can't sit, we, otherwise we're sitting in the wheel of mediocrity that we always are. Mate, we got the wooden spoon last year. I don't, I don't want to lose any games if I can avoid it. I don't think that helps anyone being 0-8 or 0-10. That's, 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 completely be that's completely unrealistic to think that we are going to not lose any more games. So okay, but, but you prefer to come 13th than dead last. I can tell you, if we start winning games, Justin and the board and Lee will start beating their chest and they'll be saying it's great. And then if we lose three games, we just go through a perpetual cycle of crap. Tripper, we like, came last last year. We came yeah, last. They put that, mm. then they said, how, how much worse can it get? They used, that, they used the fact that Maguire left and then they put Noddy in and they used that whole thing like now we're looking for real change and now we've got our five-year plan with our coaches and we've got these amazing dudes. They run out of excuses after a while, right? So for me, getting another spoon would be pretty – Would be a, I think that they would struggle to keep Justin there and the current administration if they got the wooden spoon again, personally. Mm. You know what I th- you know what I think you're worried about, Tripper? I think you're worried about Brooksy having one great man of the match game and then they sign him up for another few years. No, what do you reckon? Fact- no, I'm worried about the fact that this organization thinks that winning a game and losing three and winning two games and winning four is is palatable. They don't know what winning looks like. They don't know what winning looks like. So what do you reckon, Aaron? What was it that Appy said um, in the press conference? I think it was after the Bulldogs game. It something about us not being used to playing on the front foot. Yeah, he said he said two things. He said one, Wakeham straights up straightens up the attack, and the second thing he said was our forwards are not used to playing on the front foot. That's exactly what he said. Hmm. He literally made more sense in five seconds than Sheen's made in that <laughs> other six minutes of the press conference. Uh, he, like he's a very intelligent man. Anyone can see that we have been inflated the last two years. When we had Harry Grant, we were inflated. Our position on the ladder was inflated because of Harry Grant, and Fair our enough. position was inflated. I mean, I don't think we would have won any. Like, I don't know how many games we won with Jackson last year, but we like <laughs> having that guy in the team this year. Personally, I think we would have at least won two games, and that would have yeah. been Brooks and all those. Jackson guys. was in all, all four games that we won, and he got injured in the Brisbane game. He got Simbin in the Canterbury game. Oh, I don't know if we win the game against last year. We wouldn't have won but, the game against South, and we wouldn't have won the game against Para last he year. He won his first. He won his first two games last year. He was two and zero. His first two games. Like, like, yeah. So uh, no, he got suspended, Josh. He got suspended in the Newcastle game. He played. Yeah, three, he three played week, three week suspension. He got, he got a three week suspension. The, 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 heat, the heat that will come down on this club from the media. If we win a spoon and we really tank during the year, we'll be we'll force. It's the only thing that gives us the best. It may not force it because nothing's if nothing's one hundred percent certain. It's the only thing that provides the most realistic chance of actually getting any change. Is mm. if I only worry like when they start talking about bloody expansion in Western Australia and that one Sydney team should do it. A hundred percent, everyone is thinking West Tigers. 100%. Yeah, but it's not, it won't happen. But there's too many, such a saying. big fan base. We make, like, one thing Pasco has done is the club makes a lot of money. We're one of the biggest fan bases. The thing that, on that is the job is, it's actually quite an easy job, the West Tigers. It might, not that I can think I could do it, but 
it's such a big, massive fan base. Like, how many West Tigers fans do we know? The fact that we keep how bad we've been for so long and we keep turning up, we still get 15,000 to like up. We still get 20,000-plus members year after year. If if this team, could you, if like, if a Sharks or Manly or uh, what's another lesser supporter, even Penrith, a few years ago, they weren't always this juggernaut. Like, if those three clubs were going as badly as us, there's no way they'd have, t- like, 20,000 members. The West Tigers, we're, we're a huge juggernaut. We've said it before, like, just a sleeping giant that's just the, – the bar's just so low, but, like, 20,000 members looks good, but it should be 40, 40 to 50,000 members. How many non-members do we all know? Like, only half the show, like it members. How many? It's just I. I don't think like my point is like yeah. It's a job that should be. It should be performing better than it is. And they come out and say, look, we've got the center of excellence and all that sort of thing. It should at a bare minimum. We're at the bare minimum. And I kind of get what you're saying, Trip. I can't. A death riding might push push bit of the straw that. Uh, broke the camel's back to get some change. But if we've gone this badly, like, we haven't gone as we already yet. have. We're only four games in. So, the, But as Rob said, we came last. How much, like... Yeah, but, like, you, you know, every team maybe comes... Like, Parramatta came last before they had a run. They can say that, you know, you've got to hit bottom to go up. You can't yeah, sustain there's all draft picks. The you can't sustain being at the bottom and not have change. So... You know, they, they'll never they'll... take accountability, brother. They'll never take accountability. The, the problem is, too, Tripper, they put all their eggs in the Seraldo basket. They literally never had a plan B. Can you tell me of an organisation that never has a second or a third or a, or a fourth backup plan? Like, let's let's take the emotion out of it because we love Robbie and Benji, and I know some listeners will love Sheens. Let's just assume Sheens, Farrah, Marshall don't exist, okay? If you're an organisation last year in 2022, you meant to be a modern organisation, and I came up to you guys and said, guys, I'm going to grab a coach who sued us 12 years ago that no other NRL team has wanted. I'm going to hire him as head coach, and I'm going to give him two assistants that have never coached before. Forget who they are. What would you think of me? You know what I mean? And and they've done that. And like Tripper said, we're only four games in, and I hope it works, and... Everyone within the club speaks, you know, highly of what Benji's trying to do there and all that sort of stuff. But the bottom line is, if it fails, they're not going to take accountability, Hadjapentelis and Pasco. These guys are just so set in their ways. And as Tripper said, there's members on this board that have been there for a zillion years and, and they're breaking rules to get board members on. Like one lady who's been put on recently, I don't, I don't know what her name is, Julie something. I think her name's Julie Lollipops because the best idea she's ever had was to put lollipops in a bag and sell it at the canteen at the footy. So I, I don't know I don't know what goes on there, but they, they are delusional in the fact that they all think they're doing wonderful things there. Just trying to play the ball a bit, not the man. In terms of footy, other than Jackson Hastings, I think all our signings were really, really good. I just think we've made a major bad thing with Luke Brooks. It's not working. We need to cut the ribbon. We didn't extend his contract. I don't think he's going to get his contract extended. I'm sure someone will pick him up. I'm not really worried about his his future in terms of where he plays elsewhere. All I really care about is what can we do for this weekend to try and beat the Brisbane Broncos? What's our best 
halves and five eight right now that we've got, even if they're not the answer for 2023 or 2024, we've got to stay in the present and just find a damn win. We need a win, guys. We haven't won since July 30th or July 31st of last year. We're, we're eight months into losing, guys. We haven't had a win for eight months. Which was in you Brisbane, know? funny enough. Yeah, and, and like I said, so if they're not going to take accountability for all these mistakes, what makes you think they're going to take accountability for losing another eight or nine games? They'll just go down the path of we've got West Tigers' DNA. They need time. Everyone needs time. Everyone's gelling. We're a new group. And then all we have to say is look at the Dolphins. And even Tim Sheens has admitted, well, I can't use that as an excuse. Look at the Dolphins. So anyway, that's that's my little, you know, it's not even a rant. It's just... Honestly, I think I'm just stating the facts, to be brutally honest. That's why everyone loves you, Rob. Uh, trip up. We're going to move on. Let's get through the lower grades and that sort of thing. You're yeah. welcome to stick around or you... Uh, I'll jet off, boys, but thanks. Off to, off to Nina. No worries. Thanks for coming on, Tripper. Hello, boys. Thanks, Tripper. Have soon, a good buddy. one. Always fun to have Tripper on. I think the listeners, judging by the comments, people enjoyed that. So... Uh, Lower grades, New South Wales Cup. They lost to the Bears. Who are the Bears? They I go under North Sydney, or are they just the Bears? I actually don't uh, know. No, uh, they are North Sydney. Yeah, coached uh, by Jason yeah. Taylor. I'm pretty sure uh, they're still the Roosters feeder club. Uh, that sounds about right. They were South before that, yeah. Uh, they won 36-26 over our Magpies. The Magpies came back a little bit. Late, uh, Dane Laurie played in this one, scored the last try of the game, Notha as well. But the uh, staff had toe a few first graders in there and still couldn't beat uh, the Bears. So I didn't see this game. It wasn't telecast and I was uh, unable to go down the road to Lickham Oval. But did any, either of you boys see uh, see this one? I watched the first half but called it quits after that because I was really disappointed in what I was seeing. Yeah, no, I yeah. didn't watch it, but I've had reports that um, North scored a try off Dane Laurie letting another bomb just hit the ground without attempting to catch it. And yeah, he did. I, I, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame this on the person because I don't I didn't see the plays or I don't know if if we were just short of numbers or whatever. But apparently there were three tries um, scored down North's wing. I'm reliably told, so it's not exactly putting pressure on guys above to get your spot back. Yeah, Toa Mata Arfa had a had a day out for the for the Bears. Uh, so the table, we are in seventh place on four points. So two wins. We were two and oh now we're two and two. So uh seventh tied what is it? Fifth. Tied fifth. So early days, but yeah hopefully the Maggies can pull it back next week. Uh, other Magpies, Juniors, and the Harold Mats, they beat the Bears 24 to 10. And in SG Ball, they beat the Bears 50 to 24. So at least the Maggie Juniors uh, got up. And on the Balmain side of things, the Harold Mats got a win over the Central Coast Roosters at Wyong uh, 23 to 8. So hopefully the boys got some Pizza Hut on the way home to celebrate. And down in Melbourne, uh, the Balmain Tigers lost in the SG ball against the Storm in that one. So 22-18 there. In the Harvey Norman women's, oof, not great results for the girls against the Bears. 
uh, 50 to 4 loss in the Harvey Norman women's and Tasha Gale a 22 to 6 loss. So uh, girls, girls not quite backing up like they did last year, but we'll see what happens uh, when the WNRL rolls around. Righto, time for some player ratings. Boys, uh, I've got the numbers in front of me. Let's start with, uh, let us know in the comments too, play along. Uh, Adam Dwayhe to start with, or Adam Dewey. I'm still trying to get in the Adam Dewey mindset, but uh, what have you got for Adam, guys? Uh, I, I gave him a, a six. I, I don't think we had many bad players, guys. I mean, he's not a fullback in my opinion, but, you know, just re-watching the game, it's really weird. When, when I re-watched the game, everyone was better than what I thought they were when I watched the game live with you, Josh. So maybe it's taking the emotion out of it and actually watching the game for what it is and, and really mm. looking out to see what they did wrong or what they did right. I mean, look, he, obviously it was a probably pretty hopeless situation anyway, but he went for a strip on uh, Warbrick uh, on the line trying to strip the ball when he probably was best served trying to grab him ball and all his, as he was going to get some help with Junior Super. But I thought he did a lot of good things. Uh, he backed up a lot, did a couple of nice cutout passes, Ran the ball hard. I mean, his metres aren't sort of like uh, what uh, Dane Laurie gets. Like, Dane Laurie's getting close to 200 metres. Um, Adam had, I think, 155 metres. So, uh, look, for his first proper go at fullback with his foot a little bit better, I, th- I thought he was okay. I didn't think he's, he deserves such a low score. As? I um, I did my, my scores this morning um, without doing a rewatch, so I was a little bit further removed from the game than I wanted to be when I did them. Um, I gave ads a three. 3.9, so that number kind of sits in the middle of you guys there. Charlie Staines, as I'll let you go first. I gave Charlie a four. I don't think he um, he offers as much on the wing. I think he needs to be the fullback. Uh, Rob? Yeah, I gave him a five. I mean, obviously, we saw the clangor in the first minute of the second half where he threw a really stupid ball at threw the team under the bus and we somehow did really great to hang on there. Mm. But I just thought he was like, his running was really, really good. I actually thought he ran the ball with a lot of vigor um, in his hit ups. He made over 120 meters. I just thought from the start, it was a total mismatch having him on Xavier Coates. Like he got outlept twice by him. um, And I just thought he was, you know, really pushing shit uphill, having to, having to mark him. As I said, pregame last week, I thought we should have had Tupu marking Coates and it would have been a much more, even match up. But look, I, I really think he's trying hard, guys. He's just, he's not definitely not a fullback for me, but he, if you watch him again, he, he really ran the ball with a lot of vigor. So I can't knock his effort. Uh, 4.4 for Charlie. Uh, Brent Naden, Rob. Yeah, su- super quiet game, guys. I mean, he made a great tackle on Olin, but I mean, he didn't do much wrong. He really kept our shape in defense on the right-hand side in, from that point of view, but just a game he never got involved in. Um, his numbers are ridiculously low. He, he was starved of possession. And I was quite surprised that he was the one that made way for Dane Laurie later in the game. I just thought that was tactically a, mm. a pretty weird decision considering he wasn't injured. Raz? I gave um, Brent a five. I, I agree with Rob there. I think it was a very strange de- decision hooking him um, for for Laurie later in the game. It was just a strange one, but I didn't really see too much of him, but he he is a solid player. So, yeah, middle of the road. 
bang on 5.0 for NATO, according to the hundreds of West Live listeners. And thanks again to everyone who did fill it in this week. Uh, Asu Kepa Owa as. I gave Kepa a seven. He's starting to be one of our, he has been one of our best players so far this season, and I'm thoroughly impressed. A little bit taken aback and a little bit surprised by how well he's going, but he's definitely um, settled into his role this season. I reckon it's the hair, personally. <laughs> um, his second row performances have been pretty good, but yeah, back in the centres this week, I thought he was really, really solid. So, Samson, Kepa Ola, Rob, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I gave I gave him a six. Look, in attack, guys, I was super impressed. Uh, wasn't happy with a couple of you know defensive decisions he made in the first half, but to his credit, guys, in the second half he fixed those defensive issues up. So, look, really, really happy with him. You know, I've I've never really rated him as a footy player, but he had a bloody good game the other night. So, yeah, he's definitely improving, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely coming around on him as well. Uh, Junior Tupu. Rob, oh, he was outstanding. Um, yeah, I, I think that's his best game by far for the club. Uh, I think he had something like 180 meters or thereabouts. He, he played strongly, didn't get as many chances as as you'd like. I, I think when he gets on the end of the right backline shape that we hopefully learn and do a bit more of, as opposed to the one that we've done. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to see him become our Ken Mamalo and and just you know rack up a lot of tries. Rob, do you think David Offaluma will ever play for the West Tigers again? Uh, unless there's a plague in first grade, no. Uh, as junior, um, junior super, like I said, I I did this this morning without a rewatch of the game, and I couldn't remember too much about Junior's game other than some really solid runs down the side. So I gave him a five. Yeah, he uh, had a hundred. Two meters. It was a, it was a pretty big game for, a, for if you know for a winger. Six point three for Junior. Yeah, might be a little bit harsh there. Brandon Wakeham as I gave Wakeham a six. He was he was pretty solid. I thought he made some good decisions. He made some bad decisions. Um, I feel like he needs to be the dominant half and have Brooksy as the runner. So I feel like until we do that, which we probably never will, um, we're wasting him. Rob. Yeah, I gave him a six also. Melbourne really made a point of trying to target him. Uh, Liero, their second rower, really kept trying to run over the top of him. And to his credit, he only missed one tackle for the game. Felt he was a little bit quiet in the first half. Definitely, he, he put his hands on the steering wheel a bit more in the second half. And the way he started combining with Bateman really gave me a little bit of hope if, if we give him more of a chance next week. Uh, so, Wakeham, 5.2 for Brenham Wakeham. Uh, righto, the elephant in the room, Luke Brooks. Rob, <laughs> um, you're going to be shocked at this, Josh. I'm actually going to give him a two. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, look, he, he just had a pretty poor game, as we've mentioned earlier in the show. The pass to Warbrick, the pass to Kapoa's head, the seven tackle set kick that he, he gave. Um, a, a couple of his general kicks were quite unimaginative and boring and high. Uh, he he never stopped trying. He made a couple of good little runs at the end. I, I, I don't know. He's just he's just an enigma, Brooks. I, I don't know what to say about it. I don't want to bag him. I, like someone said earlier today, I think it might have been Carla. I hope he doesn't get on the socials because, yeah, he, he's copped a, copped a beating. But yeah, I gave him a two. As? 
I gave him a two as well. He had some solid moments where he spotted a few half breaks um, in the storm line, but we could he just couldn't turn them into breaks. But yeah, too many of those drop balls, delaying the passes too long, and not really giving our our um, outside backs room to move with the ball in hand was a bit of a disappointment. So yeah, two for me. Uh, one point two. I'm pretty sure that's the lowest score. Loving these comments coming through, Josh. This it's year, so yeah. The, the the chat chat's on fire tonight. There it uh, is. <laughs> no Monday-itis in the chat. Right. Stefano Utoi Kamanu has. I gave Steph a six. Not his best game, but I thought he was decently solid. Yeah. I, I agree. As I was going to give him a five, but his performances have been so bad, it felt like a six. So I gave him a six as well, but we only played him in short stints. Like he he came off and then came off early. He came back on with five minutes before half time, and then he got another. He kind of got taken off in the middle of the second half. So I, I don't think we're seeing the best of him yet, and we're not getting we're not utilizing him as best as we could. We really need to, you know, make him a force near the try line. Jason asked, "What's the metric error on each rating? One point two. Uh, I don't know what that means, but the way." <laughs> The way that it works is everyone so everyone filled in a form, rated each player one out of ten. This is the average. So I do the one decimal place. I'm not gonna go like the numbers are pi. Um just the one decimal place rounded up or down. So this is just the average of yeah, those scores. So it's a pretty decent sample size. So you could you can kind of um this is pretty basic math here, but you could you could drop the decimal point and make them percentages, really. So uh, a 12% for Luke Brooks in this game. Uh, 4.9 Stefano onto Appy Corusau, whose turn is it? I can't remember. As? I gave Appy an 8. I absolutely love watching him lead the team around the park. It's just a shame the guys aren't jumping on his back a little bit more than they probably should be. But I absolutely loved his try. Um I think he mentioned it in the press conference. He could hear uh, meaning at, at fullback saying, leave it, leave it, leave it to the other guys. And he just comes in, he, he plants it down, he gets it down in, in time and beautiful try. Rob? Yeah, I gave him an eight too, guys. Um, I was surprised to find, like I said earlier, that he missed nine tackles, but he made 43. Um, I actually feel like he's going to be burnt out by the end of April. Like mm. he's playing, he's just giving it everything. He's actually, I, I never thought, he was the sort of person that would be a captain, but he really is leading by example. So, no, good on him. He, he, he's having a go. Just need to get that tackle count, miss tackle count down a bit lower. Hmm. 7.3 for Appy. David Clemmer, Rob. Yeah, Clem, Clem's on fire. Loved him. I, I thought he, I gave him an eight. Uh, yeah, he's just backed up another good performance like he did against Canterbury. As? I gave Clem a seven. I really want the team to start winning so I can start giving some nines at, at least. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, I was just seeing that with Appy, like 7.3 is low, but you're a captain of a losing, losing side. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's Appy. It's not Appy's fault that it's a 7.3, really. It should be higher if his teammates were better, funny enough. Uh, Clemmer, 6.5. Under Isaiah Papali'i as... I gave 
Papali'i a six. It wasn't a great game from him, and he's probably potentially going to spend another week sitting on the sidelines as a result of being put on report again. Um, but a decent game from him, I thought. Rob? Yeah, I gave him a five, Josh. Um, he's definitely trying. I'm not giving him a five for mm. not trying or anything like that. I just feel like he he's obviously he's a dynamic second rower. We're blessed to have him. I just feel right now he's not finding – he's like a square peg in a round hole. He, You know, we're the only club that literally can make a player worse when they come to our club, and he's such a weapon, and we're not getting the best out of him, whether it's because he's on the left side next to Brooks or whatever the case may be. You could definitely see him trying to get involved, Josh, but it's, it's just not working out right now. It's just going to be something where it, it takes a bit of time. But, um, yeah, if you, if you hadn't watched him in the last two years – you just think he's an average footballer. And that's that's not good because he's a star signing, he's a quality mm. player, and we need to get the best out of him. 6.0 for Pabli. Uh John Bateman. So he was the highest score in this match. What did you have, Rob? I gave him a nine. 45 tackles, one missed. Basically created any offense that we had throughout that game with the exception of Appy's try. Uh can't fault him, guys. I mean, he's playing big minutes, uh, backed up, you know, from playing five days earlier, 60 minutes straight, and then finishing the last seven minutes. Uh, he's everything we were hoping he would be. And it's funny, he was he was probably out of the, all the signings we made, he was the one that I thought, wow, I think this is going to be a dud signing. And it's, well, I mean, it's early days, obviously. <laughs> Hopefully he's fit and stays on the field. But if he does anything like he's shown the first two weeks, what a great player we've got. Yeah, 7.7 for Bateman. That might be a bit low. But, um, yeah, man of the match, according to the people. Fanua Pole. I gave um, I gave John Bateman Oh, eight. sorry, guys. Well, <laughs> just, just sneak my way in there. Yeah, sorry, I gave I was... him an eight. I, I really loved watching what he brought to the team, and I agree with Rob 100% there, I think he could potentially be one of the best signings we've made after thinking that he could potentially be a bit of a dud, but he's brought some of that form from Canberra. I didn't really get to watch him too much when he was playing at Wigan, but a lot of his Canberra form he's brought with us, and you can see he's a winner. You can see he just wants to win. You can see how badly he wants it. He's showing it on the field, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes over the next three and a bit years, as long as he stays out his full contract. Uh, On to Fanua Pole as I gave Pole a six. I was I liked what I saw from him. I just don't think we saw enough of him to uh, for me to be overly confident in giving him like a seven or an eight. Rob, yeah, I gave him a six as well, but you really can't fault him, Josh. You know, I think it was around one hundred and thirty meters, uh, twenty-seven tackles, none missed. Uh, Mate, it's only his second season of first grade. It's not even his mm. second full season. So there's a real lot of upside to Fanua Pole. So, look, like Definitely. I said, a lot of, lot of great efforts. We're, we're just missing that conductor of the orchestra, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, Dane Laurie off the bench, Rob. Oh, 6.1 uh, for Fanua Pole. Sorry, so you guys yeah. bang on. Yeah, I, I gave Dane a one. What can you do, mate? How, how can you judge someone on, on 10 minutes? I mean, he, he tried. He put a grubber kick in that went dead in goal when we're down by 12 and needing to score with a few minutes left. He, he, it's really he, – he's he sort of – he just got nothing to lose, has he? So he had to try something. But, yeah, I gave him a one. But how can you judge someone on 10 minutes? Mm. 
As? I gave him a two, much for the same reason. Um, the plays that he made while he was out there weren't all that great, and he just didn't really have enough time to have an impact on the game. And I guess, in retrospect, the reason why they kept him on the bench for so long and only played him for a short amount of time was because they still wanted him to play in the reserve grade game. But if you've got an impact player like Dane on the bench or a player mm. you want to be an impact player like Dane on the bench, then why not use him? I might see where I leave the last three bench guys because it kind of... Uh, Tim Sheens, what did you rate Tim Sheens in all this, Rob? So the, I'll, I'll read out his number first. He got a 2.9, so people thought Sheens, he didn't do a good job in this one. I think the Dane Laurie on the bench might be part of that. Yeah, look, I, I gave him a four. I, I actually, like I said earlier, I enjoyed the style we played with. I enjoyed the effort that we got out of the team. Um, other than the substitution of Dane Laurie, looking at, I've had a look at the interchanges and the times they came off and who came back on, et cetera, et cetera. I thought we used the interchange really well. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan of him. Four is probably going to be a bigger score as I give him until we win a game. Uh, as? I gave Sheenzy a two. I, I really don't think that. Um, having a player like Dane on the bench and not using him the way he probably should have been um, did him any favours. I'm not too confident in Sheenzy at the moment. Like, I gave him a seven to start the year because I was thinking it's going to be a really good um, way to get the club back sort of on its feet with the the Benji apprenticeship there as well. But, yeah, Sheenzy so far to me has been nothing but disappointing. Gussie makes a good point. If a certain... Gentleman didn't get one point. Did play a one point two with chance of only got a two point nine. You're probably right. Yeah, you can't Justin. can't judge him. Can't judge him on the pre-selection. If I was doing mm. that, I'd give him zero. <laughs> uh, Alex Twole as I gave Twole a six. Rob, yeah, same. I gave him a six. Didn't miss a tackle as usual. Nothing special, but yeah, did his job. If he, it's just when that ball. Came to his feet if he could have just maybe the camera angle maybe wasn't as close as we thought, but just man, if he picks up the ball, kicks it, there was space out wide towards the end of the game. There, uh, do you know what I'm talking part I'm talking about? Yeah, Rob? it was when um, yeah. it was when John Bateman threw the ball back inside, and yeah, tackled on the last tackle. Yeah, he kind of he kind of was spinning his wheel there, wheels there, yeah, like. It was, I was like, dive on the ball. Like, I wanted him to dive forward and just bat the ball back to someone else, you know? And he just yeah. kind of watched it, and Warbrick came in and picked it up. So, yeah, it was, uh, wasn't was Twally's best moment. But to be fair, Josh, I think, other than obviously Dane Laurie, I think all our bench were really good. Hmm. Uh, 5.0 for Alex Twall. Uh, my guy, Sean Bellore, has. Uh, sorry, Rob. Yeah, look, he had a he had a great game. Uh, twenty three tackles, three offloads, didn't miss a tackle. Uh, looked really threatening at times. Not getting the minutes that I'd like him to get, but I mean, I guess he's still coming back from that massive layoff. So well done to him. I gave him a six. As I gave Sean a five. I just don't think we're using him in attack as well as we should be. I think I saw he only made he only had five runs. Um, I think he he offers a lot more in attack, especially with those offloads that Rob mm. mentioned. So, um, if the if the coaching staff were using him better, I'd be giving him a better score. But yeah, um, really good defense, not being used well in attack. So I gave him a five. Yeah, they he got back to his his efforts definitely there. I mean, 
that shouldn't be that should be the bare minimum, really, shouldn't it? But yeah, he's he tackled hard and as you said, just hasn't had the opportunity to unleash quite yet. As uh he had five point one, so snuck point one ahead of Alex Twole there. Alex Safarth, lastly, as Yeah, I gave Alex a four. I don't think he's um he's he should be our last spot on the bench. I really think it should be at least a player like um, Joffa mm. or another forward, um, yeah, or Matamua even. I even though I'm still not 100 percent convinced on Matamua that he's ready for first grade. I think he still needs a bit more time. But yeah, I w- I wasn't too impressed with Seafarth. I didn't see a lot from him to really get excited about. So yeah, four from me. And Rob, yeah, look, I. I agree with Aaron in the sense that I don't think he should be in our best 17 really at all. But to be fair, Aaron, having rewatched the game, he only came on in the 57th minute. His 23 minutes were excellent. Um, I gave him a six. I thought he, he, he chased well, tackled well, very composed. He watched the ball. He, he could have kicked the ball out where he watched it go over the dead ball line. So we, we got a seven tackle set. Um, look, he's, he's not a flash player by any means, but given that he only had a short amount of time, and what we've seen previously from Alex, uh, I thought he had a pretty good 20-odd minutes. So uh, I reckon he'll retain his spot for sure. Uh, 3.7 for poor old Alex. Righto, Patreon time. Time to open up the Discord, see what the guys have for us this week. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. Welcome to uh, we're our new guys this week, uh, Brighton and Tim Colgate, who joined us this week. Uh, what have the guys got for us? Uh, Gussie's asking about Gutho. So the rumor of Para uh, getting looking for a fullback, maybe Gus, uh, Gussie, Guff, Gutho on the outer. <laughs> Gussie asked, who would you offer to Parramatta for a trade and does it flow better Sorry, one, would you have Gutho the Tigers? Two, would you who would you offer for a trade to Para? Three, does it flow better with three questions? <laughs> uh I'd say firstly, one, it's not gonna happen. Gutho's going nowhere, but I'd have him in a heartbeat. His anticipation is as mm. good as anyone there is in the game. Um, if we're being serious about it, yeah, you can have Dane Laurie. I mean who wouldn't we offer to get to get a quality fullback where mm. the spine is everything in rugby league, guys? And at the moment, it'd be fair to say that most of our fan base only agree that we've got one quarter of it right. So, you know, I'm an AD fan, but I accept that, you know, he might may or may not be the answer now. Uh, give given Brooksy. Let the let the Brooksy Moses combination reign supreme at Para maybe reign supreme towards another wooden spoon. But, yeah, like Rob said, I don't think um, Gutho's going anywhere. I'm pretty sure the club kind of just let him know it was a courtesy that they're looking for another fullback. He, he's probably still got a spot in the team, I'd imagine. They'd be mm. stupid to, to get rid of him completely. Uh, Brendo, 27, does chopping and changing of players so early in the season show signs of panic or inexperience in the coaching ranks? Do you think their off-season plan has been abandoned already? Uh, I, for, if I'm answering that, I can't say it's down to inexperience given Sheens has been coaching since about 1984. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's more panic. I mean, some changes, I, I, I think it's not, maybe panic's the wrong word. I think 
a lot of the decisions are coming a week or two late. And by that, I would say that we kind of thought there might be an issue with Dane Laurie under the high ball preseason. We never addressed that. We all thought Junior Tupu would probably get a starting wing spot. We never got that. We finally got Naden on the right wing this week, which was great. We've shifted Adam back to fullback, which I think is a no-no. Um, we should have started with Naden last week. We only started with Naden this week and out of position. There's just there is a lot of chopping and changing. I just think it's just do it. We're doing it too late. We've got to make the decisions ASAP and not and you know, just go for it. Like it, it's not working. Change it. Don't procrastinate and change it two or three weeks later. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Uh, Brocker said the million dollar question: What is it going to take for Brooks to be dropped? Well, if he wasn't dropped after last week's performance, I don't. Is this week the week? As, I mean, we want it to be, and it probably should be, but it's not going to be. Rob, uh, I think the only thing that'll get him dropped is getting COVID. <laughs> is that it's still just, a thing? It's, uh, just not, it's just not happening. Uh, Joe, Joe Lulash, Brooks issues aside, am I foolish to say? Am I foolish enough to say we've been improving, taking emotions out of losses? We no longer have problems with yardage. Our defense has improved, and we are no longer getting steamrolled. Tupo and Pole are getting going to play first grade for a very long time. I'd agree with Joey there. I think we are getting better, just not winning, playing against better sides. Yeah, I think for me, the big improvement, as I said at the start of the show, is our defence. And I don't mean just tackling. There's no issues with man-on-man tackling. I just think it's our def- defensive reads now, other than a couple of Brooks and Kapoa moments in the first half. If you watch that second half again and how we adjusted and how the right side of our defence played all game, that was really uh, uplifting for me because having watched what we did against Canterbury and Newcastle, you, it just felt like they were bombing their opportunities as opposed to our defence being good. I really think our players are holding their positions. You know, Tupu stayed out a couple of times when he needed to. Naden, sorry, not Naden, Stain stayed out on when he needed to. We weren't getting beaten on the outside. So I, I think that was the most encouraging thing out of any improvement. Yeah, but the the attack is still way off in the red zone. That, that's got to, you know, be a lot better. But defensively, I think in terms of our backline defence, there's a massive improvement there. Uh, Josiah, do we beat the Bronx this weekend? We'll answer that one in 48 hours when we do the uh, yeah the preview show. I'm flying up for it, so they and we find out what the teams are too by then too because we from what I'm yeah. just heard you guys say tonight, I wasn't aware about Papaliti maybe missing or Bateman injured or whatever. So yeah, we've mm. got to see what 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 team we uh, line up tomorrow night. I swear to God, if Sean Bloor's not named, I'll be annoyed. I think he'll be named out of necessity more than anything, Josh. If oh, yeah. we're missing a couple of others, he'll probably be starting. I could debut my Sean Bloor training jersey this weekend. Uh, Tiger 24-7, sorry, 20-47. Uh, what should we do with the vacant spot in the top 30? That's a question that can go for ages. Maybe one to save for the bye week. Anyone got... Any quick ideas for that one? I, I tell you what, guys, we have got a lot, a lot of money to spend. So if mm. there's someone good, ready to go from England, or someone that has a fallout within, within another club, we're ready to swoop. So hopefully, 
you know, obviously in the spine variety, we can pick up someone like we kind of picked up Naden after eight or nine rounds last year. Mm. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely room in the cap to make an acquisition straight away. I uh, Wellsby, Wellsby from the Saints. He was he was bloody brilliant in the um, in the World Club Challenge. Someone mentioned the rumor going around of uh, the guy from Dragons, uh, Lomax. The Eels are after Lomax. I love Lomax, the Tigers. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Lomax, Josh. He he looked like a he was on the cusp of Origin last year, and hmm. for some stupid reason. Uh, Anthony Griffin's got him playing at left centre when he's clearly a right centre. He's got that beautiful right arm flick. So I, I don't know what's going to look. There aren't that many great centres. I mean, we'd take him in a heartbeat, but um, kicker too. Yeah, it'd be nice. I'd I'd rather get someone like this was touted by Joel Kane last week. I'd rather get someone like Pezzett on loan for the year from Melbourne because uh, when Hughes comes back, you know he's not going to get a start. You know mm. for the rest of the year unless they cop injury. So if we could get a deal where we can get a halfback and and blood him with us and yeah just start looking like a, a footy team again that'd be great. Uh, CN twelve, what was your favourite memory of Ken Marlow? Poor Noons as Dallas Mavericks too, they're struggling at the moment. But uh, thoughts, Kenny Ken Marlow as favourite memory. Sorry to put you on the spot. It's, the try he scored in round one against the Storm last ah, year. That was, gonna be, was... that was going to be mine. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Ganane's yeah. commentary on it, like a thief in the night. He just plucked it out of the air yeah. out of um, Olam's hands, I think it was. And that was a beautiful try. Loved it. Yeah. Rob, anything? Cam Marlow. Oh, that's not, not going to sound very special, guys. But my favorite moment was, Josh, you'd finally talked me into getting out to Combank Stadium or whatever it's called now. At Parramatta, so I got to see the the victory against South, and there was one hit up he did in the second half, just out of our end. I've never seen a bloke carry a ball harder. I like he literally crashed into the meat of that forward pack of South and sent one bloke flying. And I just thought, man, you are what every footballer deserves every dollar that they can milk out of every club. Like it was just so brutal to watch. So it was just as simple as that. But yeah, he, he's had a lot of good moments with us. A couple of really bad ones, but my memories of Kenny are just, yeah, I, I think he was outstanding for us. And unless he's got a knee injury, that's a really mind-boggling decision to release him because he'd be first winger pick for me every week. He still had a year and a bit on his contract, didn't he? I'm not I'm not sure, but I, I don't understand why we lose everyone that we think is good leaves and Everyone that we think is bad stays. Like it has to be a knee injury, guys. I just, I just cannot fathom because obviously we tr- he tried to play in the Canberra trial and got injured with his first carry of the game after five minutes. So maybe there's a fear factor that Kenny's going to get injured, as opposed to you know mm. we're not we're not doubting his talents and we're not doubting him as a human being. We just think you're going to get busted up there. We'd rather cut ties with you now, but. Um, yeah, really, other than that, I just can't think of a logical reason why you get rid of your best outside back last year. Uh, Scott Davo, where to hear from Brooksy? Surely he's done after his gameplay is just getting worse. I think we've we've hammered Brooksy pretty hard already. I don't think there's anything left to say about Brooks Island, is there? Yeah, Brooks I, Island I, is uh, under the waves now. 
<laughs> I, I don't know if you if you're going to try something radical, maybe play him at fourteen if they're not going to drop him. Mm. I've even had I've even tried to think of like what could we do if if there's literally you know if it's like that movie Speed where the bus is going to explode if you don't the bus it couldn't slow down, down yeah yeah if the bus doesn't slow down I just feel like it's going to sound so stupid so I probably get all respect thrown out for this but that's no, a great maybe, movie but maybe maybe in attack in attack only play him at fullback okay because he's got the speed he can chime in he can ball play but then in defence play him somewhere else i don't know like i'm just i don't i don't think you should be in the team but i'm just saying i'm just clutching if you have to play him somewhere maybe that way at fullback he can roam he's got the freedom he's got the speed he's got the hands but obviously in defense you wouldn't have him there he's too short don't know what he's like under the high ball etc etc but yeah we could kind of just you know he could have a bit of a hybrid position i don't know but i just think the reality is we've got to bite the bullet and say you're not now starting 13. So we get Keanu Reeves involved, or what was the uh, reference? Probably, oh, probably Sandra Bullock, I think. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. I love Sandra Bullock. She's probably my favourite actress of all time. She's fantastic. Uh, and lastly, will when will things get better? Who knows? I, As I said, I think we're improving. We will win eventually when I don't know. But, yeah. My Patreon question, is the season over yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think I'll answer that as yes, but the I think we'll get better. The season will get better when we can get a, a confident halfback to guide us around the park and be a little bit creative, and also be able to create a little bit of pressure for the opposition. Like we didn't, did we even get a goal line dropout last week? You no, know, it was three. Or, no. were there three? Were there? Okay, well, no, you know, so like, three, three, sorry, three for Melbourne, none for us. Okay, so we didn't force a goal line dropout. Like you mm. know what I mean? We just got to. We just got to be a little bit better in the red zone and just build pressure, build pressure, and we're not even doing that. Like Brooksy, I mean, it was one occasion. I might be being a bit harsh. He died with the ball on the last tackle. I think uh, Aaron was talking about it earlier. Like that needs a kick, that needs a pass, it needs something. You just don't die with the ball. Uh, lastly, Shane Cohen, who's a Benji Marshall tier patron, so we'll. He gets a rant every episode. He said, hi, guys. Another demoralizing loss. Another rudderless performance in our attack. I did like wearing... I did like Wakeham's effort. He looks like he will handle the step up. Brooks will never be dropped. So all we can do is hope Wakeham improves with every game. So, uh, yeah, Wakeham, maybe he is the... What do you call it, Rob? The conductor that we need. Mate, Wakeham the seven. And if you're going to sit with Brooks, Brooks, it just get out of the way, Brooks. You play number six, you play wider, let me control the game. That's how Wakeham has to play. And, and you know, I, don't, I know we're missing players, Josh, but it's no coincidence that since Wakeham's been promoted to first grade, the New, the New South Wales Cup team is going so poorly. Mm. So, you know, he, he's integral for their team. I think he'd be great for our team in the short term. You know, I guess he might not be the long-term answer, but give him a chance. Give him, I mean, he's only been there for two weeks. The other bloke's been there for 10 years. So I think we at least owe him the chance. And then it could we could be praising our footy department, saying what a wonderful signing you made on a bargain basement buy and maybe upgrading his contract if we can't find that halfback we want for next year. So, yeah, I, I want to see him in number seven. We need Brooksy out of the seven. Uh, next show, so Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m., we'll preview our match against the Broncos, which is Saturday evening. Uh, yeah, so boys, 
We'll uh, anything else before we head off? Say good night to Big Dog. Not that I can think of, guys. Other than I'm just proud of the fact I did not drop one f word tonight. So mm. uh, if, you're, if you're watching out there, I win the bet. <laughs> <laughs> As good luck with uh, the packing and moving to the uh, the big smoke, but. Uh... Uh, Wednesday, Rob is Wayne Pierce's birthday too, so we'll celebrate for Junior. As Do we well. know how old he's turning? Is what is he like, sixty-three or four or something? Uh, I, should, I should know this. I should know this because he debuted. He debuted in seventy-nine. So how old would he have been then? Like eighteen. So As I probably Google it quicker. Sixty-one. I reckon he'd be turning sixty-two. I'll go sixty-two. We'll uh, we'll answer that question on Wednesday. I'm tired. <laughs> we're a, we're hundred minutes into the episode. I'm sure people uh, had enough by now. But uh, thank you to literally the hundreds of you that watched us live tonight. We and uh, dropped your comments in as well. We appreciate you. And please join us again on Wednesday. And to everyone listening to this back on the audio versions, as I said last week, share with your friends. Tell you. Tell all your West Tigers suffering mates to uh, check us out. Maybe they'll like us. Maybe they won't. But, um, yeah, spread spread the word. Boys, have a great evening. Have a great Tuesday and Wednesday. And as always, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. See you Wednesday. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at Patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Mm-hmm.